I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, welcome to the final episode of Behind the Haunting. Final for this season or just in general? I don't know, we'll see how. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) Hello, Benton. Hello. And we're joined by two very special guests for this final episode. We are indeed. We are joined by you Mr. Need no introduction. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined by Mr. Luke Hunter. Hey, hey, hey. Who is James Hunter's evil half brother? What? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> no, no. Luke Hunter plays Dan Cowell. Deputy Dan. Don't De- call me deputy. <laughs> and we're also joined by Isabella Barbieri. Hello. Who, of course, plays Abigail. And you've actually been interviewed before. I have, yes. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Luke's the first timer. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm terrified. So, I guess first things first, um, how are you guys feeling all this time removed from us last having recorded, ignoring the fact we actually recorded today, um, I I don't know, how are you feeling about how the show's doing? Like, is it... did you expect that it would just disappear? Did you think you'd never get called back for something like this? Or did you think we'd be here a year <laughs> later recording a Christmas special? I had faith in you, man. Yeah. I've got so much faith in you. Yeah. If you say you're gonna if you say it's gonna be five seasons, it's it's gonna be five seasons. I have all the faith in you. And how how's it been sort of because I think both of you were new. This was your first voice acting thing, am I right? Or you yes, it was. Yeah, me? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And have you done more, like, since this, is that kind of, has voice acting become something you're more looking at? Or was it something you were always looking at and just hadn't had before? Or uh, I definitely think I, I've, I've definitely applied for more voice acting jobs, and this has definitely helped me out in some stuff. And it's definitely helped me out getting, like, a voice reel together. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Wicked. So let's talk about your characters. Uh, we'll pick on you first, Luke. Oh, great. Thank you. you as, as in the show, picking on me. Yeah, you just happen to be directly in our eye line. I'll move out of your eye line. So, I guess the first big thing, and I guess we might as well announce it here, because mm-hmm. we, we've known this for ages, but the audience don't know, mm-hmm. is that you've been promoted to a main character from season two. Woo! Woohoo! <laughs> um, and you thanked us by moving to Australia. Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I'm grateful. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> We're going to have to get a sample of your voice and put it on Star Now and be like, anyone who can match this voice. Oh my God. No, don't, don't recast me. Don't Frankenstein me. <laughs> I, won't, I won't recast you. I'd never do that to you, man. As, as we said, I think we've, we've told this story before. I think you're the only person we know didn't audition for. 
Oh, did you like, go? Like did you audition? Wrote, did you yeah. send in like a tape? Yep. Yeah, like we wrote down rounds. Oh no, no, <laughs> Cheryl. We wrote Cheryl for Tess as well. Did we? Uh, well, I did. You didn't know Tess. Yeah. But I wrote Cheryl for Tess, and I wrote Dan for you. Oh, thank you. Uh, mainly as a way of apologising for Candy Heart, because <laughs> <laughs> you were one of the best parts of Candy Heart, and I feel bad that it's been what two and a half years, and that film still isn't finished being edited yet, which is my fault. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm extremely grateful and honoured about that. Um, so, how do you feel about the way Dan? Um, I can't even remember if we recorded in chronological order with you. I don't suspect we probably did. No, because we redid two, and then he had to redo his lines for four. Yeah, and then we changed an episode. Well, if we if you can arrange it in your head, how do you feel about the way Dan has grown <laughs> as a character over the first season? Um, I think I really enjoyed it. Because, I mean, he sort of came in and he was, um, he didn't feel as if he had as much to do as, like, James and Abby. And then, all of a sudden, there was, like, that big emotional, I don't know how much I can say, I don't know. Yeah, this won't air until the whole first season's gone out. Right, okay, okay. So yeah, yeah spoilers like this, galore. Just like, don't spoil the Christmas special. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> There's, like, b- those big, like, emotional, huge emotional beats. I was amazed how, like, emotional it had to get just in voice acting. It felt like almost going to the dark side, almost like stuff like that, and then coming back from that. Hmm. I think there was just like such a. When you said we're doing this kind of thing, I didn't expect there to be such a huge emotional arc. I didn't expect you'd need me to act really well, and then I, <laughs> and then I had to. <laughs> I was like, oh god, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really like like one of my favourite scenes that we've done in the se- in this first season is at the end of the signal when me and you have that huge argument um, about whether it's moral to kill that guy or not. Um, that was one of my fa- as an actor. That was one of my favourite scenes to perform, um, and it was one of the first times that I really because uh, we we had to record it piecemeal because of covid um that was one of the first times i think we're all three of us in the room for that scene i think or was it just me and i you? think it was just me i think I it was i don't think i was i think it was just room. me and you for that one right yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah i remember that that made like that argument made the, that argument was the highlight of the recording sessions for me because of that reason because it was like oh we're actually arguing here mm-hmm. yeah like in person it wasn't just like okay now this line now yeah. he's in line. Now this line. It was in person, full, yeah. full weight of emotions in the room. Yeah, it's so hard. And this is for both of you. It's really hard, isn't it, when you're doing it just on your own and yeah. just out of context. Yeah. Um, I, I remember reading um, when I was looking into like how they record audio for various things like animations and things like that. Um, I remember I remember watching an interview with it was a voice actor who does video games. And he was saying, like, doing voice acting for that is the weirdest thing because nine times out of ten, the company making the game is probably Japanese, but they'll go and hire an American voice acting company to do the voice recordings. You get sent your lines and only your lines. The other characters' lines will be blanked out (laughs) on the script. Mm. So you have literally no idea what energy level you're trying to match. Okay. Which is which is why so many video games have terrible voice acting because you're like no one knows what they're doing here. 
Yeah. And I can't imagine doing it that way. There was a game with a bunch of aliens in it, and the voice actors were playing the aliens, and none of them were told that they were playing aliens. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just doing straight just voices and coming out of alien mouths yeah. and stuff, and it's really, really jarring. Oh, I take us to your leader. <laughs> <laughs> we come in peace. <laughs> Mansfield aliens. That's, that's a good show. Oh, aliens in Scunthorpe. <laughs> there you go. That's haunted that, season three that, sorted. That's yeah. Preston's next book. Um, so how how about you, Isabella? Because obviously your character, um, unlike Dan, who obviously is, I think Dan's in four of the eight episodes. Uh, one, one, two, two four, four, six, six and eight. eight. So you're in five. Uh, there you go. And you intended to just be in one, a little bit in two. Four and eight, and then we kind of when we did a second pass was like these characters. There's way more to it. I was just too good. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, mm. just too good. Now we would have written and you out if you were awful. <laughs> <laughs> we have had, haven't we? We've had our first person who's a Dan and Abigail shipper. Yes, and they we? said oh. no. Their exact words were da- Abigail's too good for Dan. Oh, what the right hell, man? This <laughs> <laughs> is after you murdered someone. I'm right, right, she was like, yeah. hey, she's. It was like they clearly got good chemistry but that she's too good for Dan right now and he needs to be redeemed oh no I don't feel like I've been too redeemed <laughs> this is this is our whole well you take a bullet for her in the finale fair point fair point yeah, yeah. If, if that doesn't get the shippers going so I don't well, know what will this is the whole point which this is our marketing strategy because we've got some James and Abigail shippers that's as well, horrifying we? so oh, we're gonna really? We're going to be like Team Jamie, Team Team James, Team Dan. <laughs> Can you remind me what the age difference is? Between them? Uh, <laughs> ten years. Well, it's about ten years because James is thirty-five, she's twenty-five. Okay. Um, although, it's like licorice pizza. That's yeah. a scary age difference in that. Yeah. 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 A great film though. Um, she's lying about her age as well. Sorry, I've just completely. Yeah. What? Oh fuck! Did I just spoil it for you. How is I that a spoiler? You know the two. Wait, it's just. An age difference between the two main romantic leads. Okay. But it's weird because it's like the other yeah, way the around. the main guy is 15 and then the girl he's after is 28. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's set in the 70s, so it's fine. <laughs> to be fair, that is, it is a bit weird because we've had some listeners who assumed James was as high as in his 60s, didn't they? <laughs> yes. And yeah. we're like, hmm. That's because you call it like goggle and things like that. You yeah, but do, that's, that's yes. going to be revealed why. That's a plot twist, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so how how do you feel about how Abigail has moved from season one, from episode one up to where we leave her in the finale? Ooh, I think she's got a little bit more level-headed. I don't think she is as... Well, I still think she is get up and go, but not as much. She's not as impulsive, I think. I think she relies on James a little bit more than she did at the beginning. Mm. Yeah. To ground her. And uh, obviously, we where we leave season one, now Dan's joined the gang. They're going on the road together. Is that going to cause issues? Do you think? I think it will. Maybe a love triangle. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. How, how do you think she feels about Dan at the end of the first season? What's what's her feelings? Oh, I don't think. I don't know. Ouch. <laughs> 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 to be fair, it's I think like there's still something there, mm. but I don't know if Abigail's ready. No, yeah, no. yeah. I think well, that's the main arc. Of two is all about the PTSD from the signal and all that, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Think, it deals with a lot of the after yeah. effects of having been infected with the signal. And there's a big reveal. Yeah, lots of big reveals. 
Yeah, don't give them away. <laughs> no. um, how was it? Because obviously we can now, obviously now the audience have listened to all the episodes. So you got to do scenes where you were playing an evil version of yourself. Oh yeah! What was that like? That was fun. That was very hard, though. I that was probably the and being possessed. I found yeah very hard, but very fun as well. Yeah. But that was the hardest bit. Tough on the throat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the growly voice. <laughs> yes. There is about ten minutes of pain sounds that you make around about that point. Oh yeah. Just growls and grunts. And I was trying to when I was doing all the sorting all the files, just going through each track, being like, just why did we do so many? And what do I label this? Abigail grunt. Abigail groan. Abigail. And in the end, I think I just marked it as a <laughs> bunch of fucking groan. Abigail sounds. It's just yeah. anomalous, isn't it? Is that what we were doing with the the color? Same. We can't say that because that's not here. What we're doing with today, where they were doing just tons and tons and tons of sound effects and just kind of pick from yeah. it. Um, so what's... Was there anything that was different from... When, when you took the job, did it go as you expected? Was anything different to how you expected it would be doing audio drama or...? Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, it was definitely somehow darker and more emotional than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like I thought it was going to be like for some. I don't know why I thought it was going to be fun and breezy with you and your twisted mind. I should have known <laughs> it was going to be corrupted and evil and like. Mm-hmm. But there's like so many funny and like exciting and compelling bits. It's a whole emotional rainbow. Yeah, I think one thing we've noticed you can quote me. I think one one thing we've noticed is we sometimes have to consciously rein the comedy in because I think our natural, in, both mine and Benton's natural instinct is to go comedy with a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's really easy to when you're dealing with things like we're foxes and things like that. <laughs> yeah. it's like how do you do that with a straight face? What was the other thing you said earlier? We were like, we need to put that on your on your uh, on your quote. Something you said. I have no memory. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a tired boy. Help me blink twice. It doesn't work. So it must be weird for you guys, because it was recorded so piecemeal, there must be huge chunks of the story that you guys don't actually know that you then hear for the first time when you listen to it. What's that like? I mean, it's kind of like listening... Well, yeah, it's like listening to something... I guess it's not to be obvious, but it's listening to something you didn't make. Like, it's to listening to something you weren't a part of yeah. somehow. Yeah. But you kind of have you kind of have some pieces of the puzzle already. But I don't know like one thing that we think probably has happened largely due to our failings as you know directors. Um <laughs> don't drag me down <laughs> <with you>. is, <laughs> is you know there's some scenes I think some actors have found where they've come in and done a scene and then when they've listened to it, to the episode, they've been like, I did not realise that that was the context of the scene. Right, actually, oh, you, yeah. I think sometimes you, I think you've been quite good with a lot of them. Right. Because the way we did it, did it, did it? <laughs> the way we did it, the way we did it, I thought it could have gone so horribly off the tracks, like with different actors being at different yeah. levels and stuff yeah. like that. And I think you gave us a lot of context for some stuff. The main ones was with small roles that we had in like months apart who would be one person was doing the scene intense and the other person was doing it somber. And in fact, that's the main reason we redid two was because we'd given you to be as depressed as fuck and everyone else to be as energetic as fuck. So you guys are like, let's go, gang. And you're like, fine, let's go. <laughs> like you are, yeah, just, it was really 
conflicting, wasn't it? So we kind mm. of we, we built two from the ground up again. Um, yeah. Uh, what was it like doing uh, Peterson's death scene? Because you weren't in the room with Harry, who plays Peterson. Were never you? met Peterson. You've never met. I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever met him. No, yeah, no. character's best mate. Um, I, I love me some Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was that like trying to do an emotional? Go- well, fun fact: I don't know if you actually know this. In the original version, that was you who died. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Originally, Dan Cowell died in the finale of season one. Oh, jeez. Um, but after we'd done the big argument scene in the pilot... Oh, I, I, I just like, nailed it so well. I, I oh, like, yes. I was like, man, I really love working with Luke. And actually, I think it was whenever the first time us three did do a scene together. Yeah, it works. Yeah. And I it? was like, oh, actually, there's a great trio here of mm-hmm. people who probably shouldn't be friends, but kind of are. Mm-hmm. Um so we swapped it and poor Peterson got killed instead. Good. <laughs> Screw Peterson. If I if I get to live, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I think um I think you you gave like really good directing for that basically. Um of my memory of it was just you get you gave it the right emotional tone. Okay. I think I think yeah, you gave me enough like space to do several takes I think you didn't yeah there was it didn't feel rushed or anything which yeah. was quite nice yeah which it can a lot on indie stuff isn't it like we find that like because there's never on indie stuff there's <laughs> never enough budget and never enough time is there no. so I mean well, you remember I, Candy Heart I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what like so um, I've done like big projects and I've been like a stand in like bridge projects and stuff and the amount of time they get for just one shot is is baffling mm. like I'll be sitting there thinking we could have filmed half a film yeah. in the time that it's taken to oh. do one shot you know what I mean yeah. Aquaman 2 when they were doing that in London wasn't it and they shut down the entirety of the square they brought in the brought in trailers they brought in uh, it must have been a 60 person team during Covid mind you mm. to literally do a scene of them walking through yeah. it's, it's baffling the, money. Yeah, the amount oh, yeah. of money that they waste what, on shit uh, like that like, I did a I did a commercial at the uh, beginning of the year, and I literally couldn't believe. Like, obviously, I knew it was going to be a lot bigger than anything I'd done, but I literally walked on set, and the cr- there's like fifty people in the crew, mm-hmm. and I'm not joking. One guy's entire job is between each take, he gets a little cloth out and wipes the front of the lens. And you're like, for fuck's sake, the cameraman should do that himself. Um, and it, it was a really interesting, interesting learning experience. And of course, I'm not saying I don't want to get more actual paying work, mm-hmm. but I think I actually do prefer... I, I would rather be on a tight indie film and be busy all the time mm-hmm. than, I mean, that commercial I literally sat there for nine hours I think before they're like okay it's time for your scene now Um, it's a union thing as well there's a lot of union shit where they're like you have to be used for X amount of time and you make sure to use this crew for X amount of time so everyone's got to be used so you make it as laboured as possible but yeah no I, I know what you mean like hands on it's just yeah it's more fun I would, to just don't get me wrong it nearly killed me but I'd rather do Candy Heart again <laughs> um, but I mean you remember fucking Candy some of those days yeah I love that oh yeah it was brilliant but like some of those 18 hour days oh you were dying man yeah <laughs> <laughs> we were alright like the actors got to sit down occasionally you were on your feet doing crazy stuff the entire 18 hours living yeah. on set wasn't as was uh, certainly an experience as well where you go to bed in, in a, a room that's prepped to film and then wake up in it and you're just <laughs> like your life starts to blur with <laughs> fiction am I my character <laughs> I'm the Truman Show <laughs> and you sleep for about three hours a day yeah but um, 
what sort of um, in terms of your your guys' acting careers, the characters you're playing in this are they fairly typical of the sorts of roles you usually play, or do you guys get do you have a type that you tend to get? Like I tend to be villains, like. I don't know why I usually get cast as villains. Either that or the fat funny guy, because mm. I'm fat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Um, do you get typecast like that, or is it not a problem for you? Um, I think Abigail is the is the typecast that I want to be cast in. Right. Because she's a little bit more obsessive and nerd slightly nerdy about things, where I think I don't I get cast more as the girl next door. Right. Mm. By like Abigail. Mm. That's what I want to always be cast in. Yeah. Do you think it gives you like more range to do stuff with Abigail than with the typical roles you'd get? I think so. She's just a little bit more. I don't know. I feel like I can have a lot more fun with her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I guess I, it's it's kind of sim- I get cast to play awkward a lot. Right. It's like very much awkwardy, a bit nerdy, a bit anxious. I don't know if I'm just anxious a lot in like auditions and stuff, and they're like, "Yeah, we need this guy's anxious." Um, but yeah, it's a lot of anxious, awkward. I kind of like Dan. I've never done a policeman. Yeah. So I like I like playing a policeman, and I like even though it's um, audio, I like the action. I've never done action, so getting to hunt whoa, down whoa, things. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's co- Candy Heart, there is an action scene where you come running in. Oh, okay. You <laughs> grab me and throw me. Throw me, because, you know, I was fucking blind. <laughs> you carefully push me. Push you to the side, not out, out, Not even out of shot, because yeah. I'd be caught, don't uh, I? I'll have, to, I'll have to show you. It's the, do you remember the scene in the garage yeah. where the ghost comes to get Candy and you run in? It's just before you do yeah, that. I'm, I'm Batman. Batman I'm Batman. I remember this. It was the funniest. I'm going to have to send you the video well, sometime. With Benton just like stood in the corner. So yeah. Benton's mobility is super restricted, so he's really just a solid block of ghost. <laughs> with We literally we'd filled the underneath of the cloak with smoke so that every time he moved, smoke came out that bit worked that was cool mm. but then you run in grab him and you're like I can't what your line is it's sort of like oh I get off her or something like that you grab her grab him you kind of gently push him <laughs> and then you could see Duncan catch him aside <laughs> and it's so mortifying yeah. for but me it's, it's just darkness it's just everything is darkness I yeah, could yeah. not see that's out indie that filmmaking that's indie yeah. filmmaking yeah. right there yeah. but it's um Oh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, it's I, we- it is weird about action, isn't it? Even though it's audio, like one of the things I like about doing James is like, I mean, l- I'm never going to be an actor who does loads of fancy fight scenes, action scenes, things like that. Um, but it, I kind of feel like I've done them now. Yeah. A little bit, even though I haven't. You've cheated the system. Yeah, yeah. it's just me in a room jumping up and down and being like, ah, <laughs> ah. Well, the explosion on film is that you've got to book, you know, get a pyrotechnics guy, you've got to book a whole area off, you've got to make sure you go through all the safety and health and safety things, stuntmen, the whole nine yards. With audio drama, you could have a building explode. It's just <laughs> yeah. the sound effect. Just, <laughs> it's like, wow, that was great that we exp- escaped that burning building. Yeah. Well, that's the whole reason we decided to do it as an audio drama. Because yeah, I, I did originally, I originally envisaged it as a series, and then realised that was ridiculously expensive. But yeah, so okay, so looking ahead to season two, mm-hmm. what sort of things would you like to see? Like what creatures, what sort of situations would you like to see tackled in season two? I don't care about the creatures. I just want to argue with James. I just want to <laughs> argue with you all the time. I want to take you down a peg. 
So that's what I want. You do. Uh, you do. You, you do get to. Um, you do get to. Uh, we actually have an argument in the very first episode of season two. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's like a huge part for your cat for for all three of us really in season two is the how does this relationship work? Because mm-hmm. um, these people are almost perfectly designed to wind each other up. Yes. But yeah. Is there anything you particularly want to see? I definitely am looking forward to the the relationships between the three of us and maybe also exploring Abigail's darker side a little bit more. Yeah. The yeah. How dark can she be? Mm. Excellent, excellent. Um, I don't quite know how dark we're going to go with her yet. That's the fun bit. She's a serial killer. Has <laughs> been. Plot twist. She's been the. Vi- you know what? We we did a, we did a little bit of asking around just before the the big twist where it reveals you've got the signal, and we did ask around some people to ask if anyone had figured out the twist already. Uh, and one person, I thought she had, because she was like, "Yeah, I've I've got it." And she was put, she'd pointed out all the clues we'd dropped. I was like, "Oh shit, she has. She's figured it out." And then she went. Abigail's behind it all. She's the villain, isn't she? Oh, oh, you are so close, but no. That would have been a good twist. Yeah, Yeah, Abigail's behind it all. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would have felt like that was ripping off Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which pulled that twist off already, where they took their main hero and it turned out he was the villain halfway through the first season. Spoilers. (laughs) For a show that's ten years old. Spoilers. Who cares? Um, But uh, do you guys have anything coming out or anything like, like I know Luke you've just had a film come out haven't you that's done got really good reception from what I've heard yeah so um, a film I did which is a Shakespeare adaptation of Much Ado About Nothing called Much Ado but set in like the modern day so we're like a bunch of rugby lads coming back from a trip and we like stay at someone's house and fall in love with their daughters and it's all a bit funny and <laughs> sexy and it's like a coming of age thing but Shakespeare yeah. that opened the London Independent Film Festival it got like fantastic reviews it won best feature there so yeah that's uh, doing its rounds at the moment at the film festivals so look out for that mm-hmm. Much Ado by the Shakespeare sisters yeah the directors uh, their surname is Shakespeare really oh, which is really nice. weird it's like serendipity it's like yeah. they had to make a Shakespeare yeah. film yeah. do you know that he has no surviving heirs Shakespeare. Oh really? Really? Yeah, Wait, so where no does the surname left. come from? Um, presumably, well, either there one. Was the bro- he had brothers. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. I see. But I don't know. He he himself has no surviving heirs. Did he have kids? And then they just yeah, lined yeah. right off. Oh. Facts yeah. with Benton. I love a bit of Shakespeare. <laughs> didn't, didn't you just do a film where you're a soldier as well? I thought I saw. Oh God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Promote things. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's. Oh, can I talk about this? Oh, if you're not allowed I to. Think, I think to I, be oh, fair, this will be ages away. This won't till Halloween. Yeah, yeah. So that's doing the festival, uh, short film festival circuit. Uh, it's called The Soldier's Post. And it's about, it's like an LGBT set World War One story, hmm. which is very oh. touching and heartfelt. But that, that it, it, it's an incredibly emotional. It looks amazing. Yeah. For, yeah, we they built like a whole trench bunker in this crazy warehouse in Birmingham. And like for indie filmmaking, it just looks gorgeous, and I couldn't be more proud of the team. Basically, yeah. Mm. yeah. So that's Wicked. what that's what I've got coming up. What nice. about you? Nice. I actually haven't got anything acting-wise coming up. I took a brief period of pause to apply for schools. I'm going back to school next year. Oh, yeah. That's my plan. So that's what's coming up. Where are you off to? I'm going to Roehampton to do creative writing. Very nice. Yeah. Where's Roehampton? In Richmond. In Richmond. Oh, sick. 
in London. Right, okay. not the Northern so not Richmond. Miles miles oh no, I didn't know there was another Richmond. Neither did I. I thought you. I thought that was near. Yeah, it's in the north. <laughs> You're vaguely. I don't. I don't know geography. Yeah, I know Mansfield. I know Southend. <laughs> Somewhere there's a place called Glasgow, but I don't know. West, <laughs> I think maybe. Australia, you know. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, opposite us. Fucking hottest country in the world. <laughs> um, cool. Well, um, if the listeners want to catch up with you guys on like follow you on your social medias do you have professional I do Twitter pages and shit I don't have Twitter I'm useless on Twitter I have Twitter but I'm so are you good yeah, at Twitter yeah no I'm not good at Twitter it's awful isn't it yeah. we're having to use well I say we I'm having to use it now um, <laughs> and I hate it I can't stand it I, I don't know how to do it I don't know how yeah. it works what the fuck do you tweet well it what puts do you tweet yeah yeah, what? What do you tweet? I just look up when there's tube strikes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, just look up the things though. Because <laughs> apparently, like, we talk to a marketing person, they're like, you have to be tweeting like five times a day to be relevant. Who I has this time? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't think of five different things to say. Eventually, eventually putting listen to haunted gets boring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still do it every once in a while. I was like, please listen to haunted. Anytime we get a five star review, I'll be like, in case you thought haunted wasn't worth listening to <laughs> oh for real send me like screenshots of that and I'll put that on my Instagram yeah because my agents are always like you need to put more things on your Instagram I'm the worst social media I feel like such a boomer I don't know about you guys but yeah, oh, no, I, I hate I'm social media yeah. don't know how to do it yeah I hate it but here are my social medias <laughs> uh, Instagram Luke Hunter actor that's it <laughs> oh wait no and if you want to check out I have a TikTok called Ya Boy News oh my god <laughs> <laughs> is that where you do your because I saw you used to have a YouTube didn't you yeah where you did little news sketches it is uh, do you now do those on TikTok instead they were originally from TikTok and then I just had them on things so your boy news Y-A-H boy news if you like satirical news can it get more satirical than the current shit show? I know, this yeah. is the thing. Whilst doing the news, it's like impossible to find stories. I'm like looking at stories and I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Like anything I come up with is not as funny as... What's happening. What's happening. How about you, Isabella? I actually am terrible with social media, so I don't have I don't have no. a professional social media page, which maybe is terrible, but... No, good. I, <laughs> I think I'm, re- I'm rebelling. I, I'd love it if they... I'd legitimately love it if they banned everyone from just having social media pages. I think it would, like, level the playing field, especially yeah. in, like, the creative industry. Cause they say it makes yeah. more of a mystique not having it. If you're, if you're in high demand, yeah. there was an acting book I found where literally the, 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 a woman said that the more... Name, but she she said that the more unattainable you are, once you're actually popular, yeah, the more unattainable you <laughs> that's are. the problem with the level <laughs> yeah, we're at yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Low level, and you just can't <laughs> be rich. We, we no. need some demand <laughs> yeah. for this, this to work. It, it's that thing, isn't it, where everything's a double standard, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Where if you're just at our level and you don't have social media, like agents and things will be like. What do you mean you haven't got any social media? Blah blah blah. I remember someone from Channel Four fucking slagging me off because I didn't have social media at the mm. time, and they were literally like, "What do you mean you haven't got social media? <laughs> Everyone's got social media." Yeah, but I mean, like back in the old days, as well when they when you went to like interviews and that was your only connection to to stars. The ones who never actually went on interviews got a certain mystique. Mm-hmm. Called, like, yeah. Led Zeppelin famously went on like three interviews in their entire career, and everyone wanted to know. So people made stories about yeah. them doing witchcraft in their <laughs> stuff like that. So you know it creates a creates a mystique. I mean, you couldn't imagine like 
Daniel Day-Lewis having an Instagram. No. He, he, might, he might do, for all I know. He might. But, but I, I feel like just from from where that was now, where you, stars seem like these, these unobtainable sort of things, mm. to you can now basically look up what Ed Sheeran's had for breakfast... It's it's kind of yeah we're, we're losing that mystique oh, that I can't wait till we're at the st- at the level where we can get rid of social media I, and not worry that it will destroy our careers getting rid of it. Yeah. I ho- I think it's going to implode. I kind of ho- I kind of hope it'll Im- implode in like ten years or something. Mm. Basically, I mean, twi- twi- oh, to be fair, we've met lots of nice people on Twitter. Like the audio drama community is really supportive, but it's a cesspit. Like the slightest thing sets everyone off. Like the slightest thing, and no one bothers. Like I've noticed, no one bothers to get the full story. Mm. People yeah. hear something that may or may not even be true, and they all start sharing it, retweeting it, blowing up, kicking off. And you're like, if any of you actually checked if this is true yet? Mm. Right, we're really starting to sound like boomers now, aren't we? <laughs> no, these damn kids with their internet. <laughs> all right, my last thing on social media because that's okay. about social media. Right, I but I'd be so okay with it. I'd love it if they just got rid of like. Likes, followers, re- like if the counts. There was no numbers on it. Yeah. Like you, f- you followed an account, but you didn't see how many followers they had, or you didn't see how many subscribers they had, because then brands couldn't you, you use you for like. It, d- it doesn't become a big money thing and yeah. stuff like that. It just becomes if people are just sharing stuff they love, that's lovely, yeah. and connecting with people they love, that's lovely. But it's when you're like, you post a thing, and it's like, how many likes has it got? Has it got more likes? Has it got another life? Do they like me? I think it's what's contributing to the big rise in anxiety around teenagers. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Social media. Of course it is. I I literally scroll through. This maybe says more about what kind of a jealous wanker I am. Literally, I guarantee you, I sit and scroll through my Facebook page right now. Guarantee you, I'll be spitting feathers within 10 minutes. (laughs) Usually because I see people who I don't think are very deserving doing better than me and it makes me want to kill myself. (laughs) Oh, God. um, Luckily, uh, no one. Certain people who we both know. Yeah. Luckily, no one I knows. No, no one's broken big yet. Like no one from from school or anything like that has been like. So I just did a, closed a million million pound deal or anything on Facebook. <laughs> so it's like trying to be yeah. Let's be let's be the ones who break big first. Uh, we can only dream. Don't compare yourself to yeah, others. No, yeah, that's, that's the recipe for disaster, isn't it? I for real have that written on my wall. Hmm. I well think it's done. quite sweet. Yeah. yeah. Got to remind yourself. I have that. Um, I think my gym is literally over the, the door that's so different to like pain is weakness leaving the body that's like yeah. you, you go to like a wholesome gym rather than yeah, a yeah. screw you gym it makes sense though because you never know if that guy's on roids or not and you're like damn <laughs> <laughs> how I, I will sing the praises of my gym so the gym I've joined I joined a new gym because do you moved. see how easy it is for us to just get yeah. off going to the gym, gym. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool though so I moved house so my old gym was too far away so I joined a new gym because mm-hmm. um, doctors were like lose weight or else you're going to die um, <laughs> unfortunately I'm not joking um, and the gym I go to now is like a small family-owned gym. And don't get me wrong, their equipment is actually old, rickety, not great. But literally after one day of joining it, the owner knows my name. He says hello every time I go. And his pet bulldog wanders around. Oh, that's, quite oh, that's actually very nice. Lift some weights, a little bulldog comes up, you're like, hello. <laughs> I've been worried about dropping my yeah. weights. But I know I've been a chain gym for 10 years, and I, I've had three conversations, I think, in the 10 years I've been there. Oh, yeah, every time I go, the guy's like, yeah, Jamie. Isn't that, just, isn't that just a nice metaphor for the indie and the, the mass, <laughs> mass production? It's just, yeah. Yeah, there's more personality to it. Yeah. My right. gym membership once got cancelled because I'd go very early in the morning and I'd roll out of bed, and then I'd go in the evening as well. And when I had to go to 
university, I went to dance university, you'd have to wear a lot of makeup. And they cancelled my gym membership because they thought someone else in the morning was coming in to <laughs> use it. How different do you look with makeup? <laughs> my God. I was like, I must have looked rough as hell <laughs> rocking up they cancelled I had to go in and say no it's it's me I, I can tell you what I was wearing everything yeah. it's me oh you got a gym story Luke <laughs> no I get it. free weights at home baby mm. I was, kit, I was paying for my gym at um, uni for about four years after I left uni and I finally checked my bank statement I was like what the fuck <laughs> is that? I looked it up and it was a gym in York and I was like for fuck's sake I've probably bled fucking so much bent. yeah I know a fucking idiot <laughs> We've officially gone off the rails. Given your earliest, given what happened earlier with the mincer. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't think I have any more acting-related questions. Do you? No. Do you guys have anything in particular you want to talk about before we wrap things up? I'm good. I think I promoted myself and my mm-hmm. projects. Oh, last promotion. Uh, I built a website for myself. Oh. www.luke-hunter.com and it's the thing I'm most proud of in my life. <laughs> so, I'll check it out, man. It's really sweet. I was like, I'm never going to be able to build a website. And then I built a website. So believe in yourself. Yeah. For, oh. some re- yeah. for some reason in my head, I don't know why, I turned LukeHunter.com. I then was like, um, I was like, imagine if you go on that thinking it's someone's website, but it's actually for a guy who hunts down people. <laughs> <laughs> you put like a little slash instead of a dot. Yeah. <laughs> on the dark web <laughs> oh, I was well known I couldn't get LukeHunter.com I had to get Luke-Hunter the guy who owns Luke Hunter tried to sell me it for 400 quid that's and what really? people do though and isn't like, it they oh, buy domains off. that they never intend to use but then both my housemates have like uh, one of them's Jack Walker the other one's Tom Morgan both their names are free yeah. no Tom was 10 quid and I was right. like what Mm. Why is why is my name in yeah. particular four hundred quid? We we've discovered recently that there's another Impala films. In Indonesia. Uh, and the, oh what? The reason we discovered this was I keep getting emails in Indonesian, <laughs> and I was and I was I kept just binning them because I was like this is clearly spam. English. I kept getting these emails and they just said like they, in English they would say dear Impala films and then the rest would be in Indonesian. So I kept deleting them, kept deleting them, and then all of a sudden um, we start getting all these Facebook followers who are also Indonesian. And I'm like, oh, we're not marketing haunted in Indonesia, but we have got some listeners in Indonesia, so. Noise. I was like, maybe it's too bad. But it was loads. And we only got like 10 listeners in Indonesia. Anyway, I can't remember how I ended up finding it. Oh, that was it. Someone tagged us in something. That was it. Ovation. We went on the radio at Chelmsford a couple of weeks ago, and he tagged what he thought was us in the post and it wasn't, it was the other Impala films from Indonesia. You put .id at the end of it. Or <laughs> right. the, the Indonesian domain. So yeah. and he was like, wait a minute. So uh, it turns out there's another Impala films. Anyway, I think that brings us to a close. It's boiling hot. You guys need to get home. It's been lovely to see you all again. Mm-hmm. It's lovely to have reached the end of the first chapter in this journey yeah. that will hopefully last five seasons. Goodbye. Mm. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Yes, thank you. And goodbye. And goodbye and thank you. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.